Greg Wade in the house. Mr. Gus Gus, good to see you. Hey guys, this is Crystal Cycle Source Magazine. We're getting ready to fire this one up for a Shop Talk episode. You are not going to believe. Incredible show tonight. Good to see all you here. Keith Carnoff, Robin Higginbottom, Steve Toth. You guys are piling in. We can't wait. Going live all over the airways here from the Cycle Source Magazine World Headquarters, 50 floors below the street level. Firing up a killer episode. Make sure you hit the like and share button. Let your friends know that we're going live with another episode of Shop Talk in just three minutes, 24 seconds. Stick around. Alphonse out of New Mexico checking in. Kenny Sweeney, 114. Sasha Cycles, good to see you here, buddy. Dennis Stauber in the house. Doug Raquette, Walla Walla, Washington. Our pleasure to do the show, man. This is fantastic. I can't believe they let us do all this stuff. This is awesome. Two wheels, good times. Daytona right around the corner. Shop talk going live. Two and a half. Lisa Ballard, good to see you here. Chop Cult, strong supporter of Cycle Source Magazine and Shop Talk. Love you guys out there. Hey man, um, if you don't know about Shop Talk, this is a little thing we do every week. 90 to 120 minutes, all the bullshit we can fit, two little entertainment and more. And you can participate. You're looking at those comments flying up on the screen right now. You can put your comments in wherever you're watching, Facebook, YouTube, or anything, and they'll come up on the screen there. We'll give you a little shout-out. Tell us where you're watching from. Alberta. Ooh, you know it's cold in Alberta. Two minutes left. We're going live with this one Sunday, 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 here in Shop Talk. Mr. Brian Patrick Wade, good to see you, man. Fantastic. What a star-studded lineup tonight. Can't believe it. Missy Shoemaker in the house. Matthew Lucas, New Jersey. Represent. we got strong fans out in New Jersey. That's a good place where the pork roll comes from, Mark. Pork roll. I like pork roll. <laughs> right on. All right, just a minute left. We're getting ready, man. Last couple tweaks here, and we're getting this one up on the road. And that's going to be my my final check-in shout-out because we just got 30 seconds left and we're going live. That's a good time to get this one up on the tracks, out of the station, and rolling. Go live with Shop Talk. Here we go.
Hey, scooter tramps and chopper jockeys all across the land. It is 9 p.m. or reasonably close to that here on the East Coast. That means it's time for another episode of Shop Talk. I'm your host, Chris Callen. 50 floors below the street level in the Cycle Source Magazine headquarters, coming to you live through the courtesy of the Dennis Kirk Motorcycle Studio. It's Sunday. Thank God it's Sunday. The crew's here. We're ready to go with a killer show. What's up, everybody? Hey. Howdy, howdy. How about it? And 902, you get points for it because, like, as cycle source time goes, that counts. Anthony Robbins even said, Holy, holy mother of coffee beans. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Still looking for that coffee sponsor. (laughs) Less than an hour ago, I was still DAing tank. You were DAing mini bike tank. You got mini bike stank all over you. I got got it going on. Can I get an amen? Get ready to do some paint work. So yeah, man, we're hard at work on the uh, the flying pistons, um, Iron E custom that we're doing for Maryland Stump and, and their folks down there for the builders breakfast. If you don't know about that, hit them up at, at the uh, b- the flying pistons Instagram. You can find out all about it. <laughs> so Alrighty. what else? What's everybody done this week? You done anything cool? Um, oh, body we work. Did, we did a bunch of cool stuff. We upgraded an air compressor, and you cleaned the shop, and we moved a whole bunch of stuff. We, like, adulted. Oh, I did get phone calls about somebody messing up wiring in their house. Can you talk oh. me through lighting my house on fire? Dude, you know what? The, the best thing was we came up with a new name for Harbor Freight Tool Company. Oh, boy. I saw Daniel, Daniel Donnelly's uh, tech article in the magazine this month is how to upgrade your Harbor Freight sandblast cabinet and make it actually work good. I went through this process. It's it's glorious. It works wonderfully. But now I realize Harbor Freight Tools, which I'm not bagging on. Harbor Freight is great for the working man. But it should be called the Down Payment Tool Company because you buy that sandblast cabinet for $200. It's really only the first of three $200 payments you have to make to actually have a good sandblast cabinet. And but I'm, I'm here to tell you. It was you. better than the $1,200 brand new one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I was like new stuff though, you know. New's good. Yeah, well, well not it's like new. Rolling in the green, Mark. Well, <laughs> you know, when you live up on the hill like I do, Heather. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? It's like new to us. All right, man. So it's listen. Awesome. I tested it. It works because it's my cabinet. You know, this is all small banter right now. I know. I'm. I'm very. Are you excited, actually, Mark? I, I am. Some, I got some I butterflies. Right in, right? I got some I, butterflies. I remember last week? Whenever you said, "Oh, speaking of last week," whenever you said me and Chris were having a, a bit of a man crush, we came to the conclusion <laughs> that you were having a girl crush because I think if I remember you stating that you would wear one of everything, everything that on catalog. that site. <laughs> so, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so you had one too. Crush. But, that's just I like. Clothes. But t- today's today's is a big one because this guy that we have on is somebody who. Uh, who, who I've speak watched it, speak my it. whole life. Say like, the words. Like, the dude's freaking amazing. He's a great driver. He's a great announcer. Apparently a great bike builder. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I haven't made it early tonight. I right. never make it early. And you can so, see you can see in his eyes when you're talking sparkle. to him, there's a little bit of Hellraiser inside of oh, yeah. yeah, I've, yeah. I've seen it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, from a, the few conversations prior to the show, he's been in the... Uh, in the back room with us a few times for yep. some burnouts and some smoking motorcycles <laughs> yeah, and flaming it motorcycles. That he agreed to come on the show. Apparently, he didn't remember who y'all were because he probably wouldn't be here. Well, if he hey, we have a good time. We have a good time. We're out. There's only two of us in the group instead of like forty, like normal. Belay that skullduggery. 
<laughs> all right, man. Hey, listen, like I said, this is Shop Talk. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you, first of all, for being here, supporting us, and supporting Two Wheel Entertainment through the Source Media Group. We couldn't do it without you. Um, if you're wondering what Shop Talk is, it is 90 to 120 minutes of all the bullshit we can fi- fit into the show. We have you know some entertainment we do some tech stuff we talk shop which is you know just like hanging out in the shop with us we usually start the whole thing off with a little program we like to call the news first up in the news tonight and i can't believe i'm saying this buell motorcycles comes back to haunt harley davidson plans 10 models by 2024 but here's the spoiler alert no Eric Buell. Oh, boy. I don't understand. He's understa- focusing on his electric bike. He's so. focusing on his electric bike, but, man, the coolest Buell I ever rode was the last model that they produced. Yeah. Um, lots of stuff about it, the new owner and everything, blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> the the big deal is we'll be at Bike Week 2021 at the JMP Cycles Destination Daytona Megastore. So come and check them out. I, for one, can't wait to see this. I thought it was the coolest shit in the world. Like I said, we got to uh, to ride that, you know, the last model that they put out as Buell Motorcycles. We actually got to ride that at Laguna Seca. What a blast. Left and right. Left Do you and realize right. that you just said as part of the news, blah, blah, blah? <laughs> well, look, that's why we call you our Robin Quivers. I mean, if anybody expects that we're seriously going to deliver news, like we're going to sit here and say tonight in the motorcycle news, that's not happening. No, but I will say that for those of you people that actually care, I am posting the news articles in the comments section if you want to. Take a minute and read them after the show. That's what we're looking for. Do it after the show. That's what we're looking for, Heather, is for you to come in and bail us out. Soak up the gravy. Story of my life. (laughs) All right. One more news piece, and then we're going to get to our our honored guest this evening. Um, This is real quick news about recalls for BMW. 2011 to 2014, BMW motorcycles might have a fuel leak. And that may be a problem. I mean, might either, either <laughs> when it comes to fuel, you either do or you don't. Oh, my God, that's terrible. <laughs> Close to 21,000 motorcycles involved in the U.S., BMW in North America issued a recall on several models of motorcycles over a potentially leaking fuel pump, according wow. to the details published by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. That's a lot to say on one breath. BMW estimates that about 10% of the 20,963 motorcycles involved in this recall could present the flaw. <laughs> and possibly burst into flames. The models include. Yeah, he can light a cigarette, I guess. That's one way to look at it. Recall. So, yeah, Heather's putting the link up. Uh, BMW, careful. Don't You're smoke. So yeah, do not. It's like blowing me away. <laughs> do not smoke. Whatever you do. Uh, okay, don't so. Um, our first guest tonight. Can't even can't even believe that we're saying this. Like, what an absolute honor. And we've had some really, really good guests on yeah. this show. But man, yeah, this guy here might top it, right? Real close, yeah. So, like you were saying at the at the beginning of the show, Mark, <clears throat> like absolute legend behind the wheel, right? Um, now a, a legend in the announcers booth, and I mean, this guy's Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's been a, a rookie champion. He's been a you know, what over fifty wins, over thirty some pole sittings. I mean, this guy here is a legend when it comes to to going fast, hands down. And now putting out some of the hottest motorcycles oh, yeah. on the yeah. planet. So let's go to him real quick. Our first guest tonight, Mr. Rusty Wallace. Mm-hmm. 
Rusty, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing good. Just got back from uh, the race over in Daytona about it. An hour ago, we had the big road course race. Uh, it just happened. A, a new winner won the race for Joe Gibbs, a kid named Christopher Bell. But, yeah, I just finished that up and got back over my – I got a condo down here in Daytona, which I love coming to Daytona. So I'm here right now and uh, oh. appreciate you guys having me on the show tonight. I really do. No, absolutely. Listen, I know I speak on behalf of all of our listeners. Tell us good news about Daytona because we're all getting ready for the motorcycle version and we want to hear good stuff from the sunshine. Man, I'll tell you, everybody's jacked up about Daytona. I was up in the announce booth about two hours ago and our, our head honcho NASCAR, a guy named Mike Helton, came over and, and they promote the, uh, the flat track races over there. And uh, that's going to be on the 12th of March. And he said, man, we got a big spot for you guys to come over. We want you, you and your buddies to come over and watch the flat track races and stuff. But today at Daytona, at the Speedway, uh, the governor and everybody, they, they're only allowing 30,000 fans in the grandstands. Well, man, there's a lot of people, a lot of states that are, aren't allowing anything in the grandstands, that's, but they allowed 30,000. So we sold all 30,000 seats today. Not, I mean, we, not me, the day. Sold to 30,000, and uh, it was a great race. It was super exciting, but everybody's jacked up for Bike Week. A lot of talk about it. You know, man, I, don't, I asked earlier, I said, I wonder how many people are going to actually be at Daytona. I, you know, I've been at Sturgis for 19 years in a row. And, you know, I got this funny feeling there's going to be over a half a million people at Daytona. I got that feeling because everybody feels all cooped up and they want to get out and get after it. I mean, I'm talking all the top builders that we, we buy parts from. And they're all building their hottest stuff heading to Daytona. So it's, I think it's going to be a big year. I really well, do. Well, this is, this is the big one, too. This is 80 Daytona, right? Yeah. 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 This is this is definitely one that a lot of people are going to end up going to just for the fact of end of COVID, you know, able to get out of the house and to go down and throw down Daytona is the place yeah. to be. Willie's Chopper Show, hands down, one of the best shows anywhere in the country. Uh, the Broken Spoke, just it, it's an amazing place to yeah. go. Go check shit out. That's for damn sure. Well, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be at the Broken Spoke. Yeah, start with uh, uh, Brian Wade. Brian Patrick Wade, a great fella out of California and different areas, a, a star in the movie industry, uh, and he's my partner. I'm actually his partner <laughs> in our brand new startup, Southern Country Customs. So we're building street glides, road glides, high-end baggers, a lot of power. We're buying from some of the top builders. We're buying from Trask, Top Shop. Um, Arlen Ness, uh, Paul Yaffe, just to name a few. And we just love this stuff. And I got involved in this thing probably about a year ago. Got involved with a company, didn't work out. I said, man, let's keep the band back. Let's get the band back together and keep on going. And Brian said, I'll be your partner. And then my son, Steven, he turned into the, the master builder. So I took my old NASCAR race shop. We turned it into a motorcycle building shop. <coughs> so it's myself and Brian Patrick Wade. Lee Gibbs is selling for us. No and Steven, my son. And so we're doing this deal. And we're all jacked up. We're going to be at the Broken Spoke all set up, probably starting around March the 5th through the entirety of it. But it's kind of a new venture for me. But I, I just love bikes, man. I mean, like I said, 19 years in a row going to Sturgis and and uh, NASCAR's uh, chairman of the board, Mike Helton, is the one who first started taking us. It was me and Dale Jr. and Tony Stewart. And all those guys started going. 
they kind of fell off the wagon. Then my buddy, my big drag racing buddy, Don the Snake Perdome, and myself, and a fellow by the name of Walker Evans, a big 10-time off-road world champion uh, with the Baja 1000. Uh, we all started going to Sturgis, and it just, we went crazy, man. We it was So it, it's turned into a huge deal for us. And now it's so huge that we're involved in uh, this business. And I'm telling you, man, I'm just not going to build nothing unless it's perfect. And I think we're building some really badass hot rods. And, uh, and we're going to have, a, a, you know, probably about 12 of them in Daytona to spoke on display. So wait a minute. I got to go back for a second. You go to Sturgis with Don Perdome. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, can't, I can't even imagine the two of you loose on that town. Uh, the snake. He's just such a cool dude. He's my, awesome. My man. question you, is. That guy is just fantastic. We we do a lot of riding. We ride, I don't know, we ride about 300 miles a day. And Do you race and, everywhere uh, you go, or do you, do you guys have yeah, to? Yeah, we, you know, we, like, we like taking out out of, uh, we like we, we take out of Deadwood. We'll head Deadwood on down to Hill City. We'll go to Hill City, all back through them roads and all that, and just have a great time, but. And uh, but well, you know I got my big charity ride happening too with Rod Woodruff Buffalo Chip. Uh, this will be the third one we've done. Uh, it's going to happen out. We're going to take off in Black Hills Harley out in Sturgis uh, in Rapid City, and this will be the third one. And all the money we raise goes to Special Olympics uh, Rapid City, and, and half the other half of the money goes to the NASCAR Foundation. Everything we do is to raise money for children. Right. On. And so I'm really really excited about it. Uh, but the whole Sturgis thing got me going. And the, yeah, there's a graphic right there with Woody. You know, he signed that, and uh, that's our first ride. when we did that with the chip, and we did the second one. Uh, the first time we started out of uh, right to downtown uh, Rapid City. Then last year we left out of uh, Black Hills Harley, and we're going to do that again this year. So, uh, and we're building a special charity bike. It's going to be a really nice bike, probably a 26. We'll build. You know, with all the hot stuff on it, and a lot of the vendors are getting involved and donating stuff for it because it's going to be a charity bike. But uh, it's going to be beautiful. And and Brian, uh, Brian Wade, uh, my partner, he's a gr- he's a great designer in my opinion. He's got a really good sense for what looks cool, and uh, he's done about all the bikes we we're doing right now. In fact, I'm building uh, and I'm just about finished a really a really hot 21 fat tire. With the 131, we took the 131 crate and put a put a change of pistons 11 to 1, change of cam, put Jim's V-Twins cam in it. It's going to make about 170 horsepower. It's not a turbo or nothing, but it's a good little hot rod, and it's going to be a beautiful bike, and uh, it's about done. My son Stephen built himself a really cool 30, a, a 30 front wheel with an um, incredible sound system bike. And so... Uh, He's got a lot of guys involved helping him with that. And I just talked to him a little while ago. He was on the way back from Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. He was up there getting getting the system tuned and worked on it, all that. So, and I just finished Daytona, so we're all busy. But man, the bike stuff—we're all we're talking about is getting ready for Bike Week and getting down here to Bike Week. And with um, and with you being involved in racing as much as you are, what's the chances of one of these baggers you're building getting into the uh, bagger, bagger racing, racing series? Yeah. You know, I, I watched that a lot. You know, I really did because I'm really impressed by some of the builders that put their heart and soul into it. I thought, I thought Trask did a really cool bike, you know, and I, I can just go on and on, on and on about the builders, but it's a whole different deal. I, you know, I've been, when I got involved in it, it was all just, you know, hot rod baggers, you know, and a lot of music and stuff. But now that we took these baggers and turned them into road oh, race yeah. bikes, how about it's it? Kind of, it's, it's, I'm not really 
understanding all that yet, but I really can appreciate the quality of work they're doing. Oh, it's well, it's off the charts. And, I, and I'll tell you one yeah. of the best things about it because we're you know we have the the benefit of having Rob Bitos, who was a major force behind that first race at Laguna Seca. But Rob has started a thing now called the the Bagger Racing League. Him and Drag Specialties, and they're putting on you know races around the country. One of the best things about it, though, was hearing from the inside how, you know, the the traditional racers at at Laguna Seca and you know the the whole MotoGP crowd were watching the Harley guys show up, and they were expecting them to be on bikes that were going to blow up and puke oil, and and they went out and were only a few seconds behind the lap times of the fast guys. So, like, it's a legitimate thing now. I mean, this this is definitely not just a, you know, a, a smoke and mirror show. Uh, Chris, you know, this this they're going to make them faster and faster oh, yeah. and faster and get lighter. What are they down to now? About seven hundred fifty pounds? Is that what I'm hearing? What the, What did he say, Heather? Rob told us how how much weight they took off. I those thought bikes. it was actually just under. I mean, they had dropped a lot of weight yeah. under six hundred. Yeah, under seven hundred. Yeah, like in the six in the mid sixes, I believe. Dude, and that's a lot of weight for all that yeah, bike. Buddy. Oh yeah. And I tell you, those builders, those guys. I mean, I'm not going to single anybody out except they're all great at what they do. And yeah. The, the the CNC stuff they're doing now and. and it's just incredible. I actually watched a video today. I was getting ready to go live on air today in Daytona. Had about 30 minutes before we went live, and um, I, I brought up the, the shop tour of Trask out there in Arizona and yeah. looked at all his machines and stuff. I said, man, this guy is serious, you know. Boy, they've come a long way, too, man. Oh, yeah. They really have. They, yeah. I mean, the consistency those guys do is really, really hot stuff. In fact, we have uh, here at Southern Country Customs, we've been, I think, I think we installed, I think, two or three of the Trask. I know we've done two for sure. We've got a, we got a really hot ride in the, in the shop right now with new Trask Turbo. It's all tuned with Thunder Max on it and stuff. A really nice bike. But uh, that, that's just one of the builders. The guy really got me jacked up in most all this stuff, like I said, was Kelton. I built my first bike for me was Paul Yaffe. And Paul built me a really cool 26 bike. Uh, had my Miller colors on it. There's the Trask bike right there. That's the one that's in the shop right now. We just sent it's an 18 fat tire. That's a rocket ship. That thing yeah. really runs. Going to an, an owner out in Colorado. See the bags? How they got a like the mountains painted on the bottom of the bags. That's yeah. what he wanted. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's one of the trash bikes we just finished. But um, yeah, if he got me involved in all this stuff, and uh, and then I got involved with the builder in, in Charlotte, and and moved on from there, and now we're doing our own stuff. Just, I just love this stuff, man. That's you know, I'm hooked. I don't know what to say. I'm hooked. <laughs> yeah, it now, gets you. It you gets said you. Yaffe built your first bike. So how long have you been riding motorcycles? Oh, I've been riding motorcycles now for uh, since 1992. It's when I first started riding them. And like I say, it all started with, uh, I tell you how I got my first bike. I got a 93 Dyna Wide Glide Anniversary Edition. I won 10 races in NASCAR in 1993. And the Miller Brewing Company called up uh, Tilly Harley-Davidson in Statesville, North Carolina. And they said, we hear Rusty's getting excited about bikes. We want to give him a motorcycle for all those pole positions he got in 1993. So they gave me this beautiful silver and red. You know what those things look like, right? Those dinas? So I got one of those. You know what they did the next year? So I I went all the races. Then I went on to win a bunch of pole positions. So then they bought me a fat boy. And they, and they painted it all up in the Miller uh, beer colors and gave me that. So I got two bikes from the Miller Brewing Company. And then um, 
So that can, got me really. You can blame really all this on them then. So you, can blame, blame <laughs> this, you can blame all this addiction on the, on Tilly. Then. Yeah, it's, I, it's I really their fault. Blame all the addiction on the Miller Brewing Company, <laughs> who was sponsoring all the Miller Light guys, you know. And then uh, that's I've heard, where it started. I've heard a lot of people say they blame their addiction on the Miller Company. So <laughs> you're not the first person I've heard say that. So <laughs> I, I drank my share of Miller. I can say that. <laughs> on, on an outside, uh, uh, you know, outside of the motorcycling, like everything that you've achieved, racing, um, you know, uh, what like stands out for you? What what is one thing that you look back and say, like, dude, this is that was uh, it. yeah, that was that was the one thing. I mean, like I said, your pole positions, your you know, we were kidding around the what you were one of the only people to do the Polish victory lap. I mean, which to me is awesome, changing it up and. Like, what's something that stands out for you and says, in the history of this, this is, you know, that's it. This was the one thing. You know, Mark, I'm going to say, you know, all these all these drivers come up with it. Think about races that they've ran that were spectacular, or good or bad or whatever. But I'm going to I'm, I'm going to think it was 1994. They just repaved the track up in Michigan. And uh, it's a it's a two mile track. And my car owner back then, Roger Penske, owned the track. And they repaved it. It was a poor pavement job. The asphalt was tearing all up. But bottom line, it took off. And I had a, a really fast hot rod that day. That thing was screaming around the racetrack. And I led and I led and I led. I led down the lap 14 to go. And all of a sudden, I started running out of fuel. And we just miscalculated really bad on the fuel mileage. And uh, something went wrong. I didn't know if we, get it, we didn't get it filled up enough in the last stop or whatever. But uh, it started running out. And so I hit pit road. I come off a of turn four about right at 200 miles an hour. Just grabbing gears, man. Just on the brakes down to third gear, second gear, time to get a splash of gas to make it to the end. As soon as I come out pit road, some dude wrecks in turn one, brings out the caution plate. So holy smoke. So my guys, I come down, they start putting fuel in it. A thing wouldn't light. So finally they jumped over with a can of ether and blowing it down to carbon and thing lit. And I'll never forget looking in my mirror, and I, was, I drug my crew chief. His belt got hooked on the hood hinge in the front. <laughs> and it drug him down pit road, and he tumbled down. Oh, oh my God. So we restarted the race with 11 to go. And I was back to like 12th or something. And my big arch rival, my buddy, Dale Earnhardt Sr., is leading the race. I passed two cars a lap. The next lap, I passed another car. Next lap, I passed another car. Bottom line, I go into turn three. Last lap, checkered flag waving. And I went in and I straddled the asphalt that was all tore up. It was all ripped up. And I put my oil, oil pan right over top of that. I caught him off a of turn four, dragged, raced him off a of turn four, beat him to the line by about two or three cars. And I won the damn race. Oh, wow. And, it, and man, I'm t- you talking about it was so big. It was unreal. It, yeah. it was just my, I, I pulled into Victor Lane. And, uh, and I, my crew chief, Buddy Parrott back then, walks up and he's got his hat on sideways. And his glasses are crooked like this, <laughs> and the lenses are broke, broke out of him because I drug him down pit road, tumbling down pit road after he got the gas, they putting their ether down a carburetor. So uh, that that was one crazy race. And then the one that stands out a lot is the year that, you know, when I finished third in the Daytona 500 and Earnhardt got killed in yeah, that corner. I remember Man, that. Man, I I, we, we ripped through that corner, and I, and I just passed him, and I pulled into third. I, won a, I finished third in the 500. I'm like, Man, I'm so happy. Yeah, and I had no idea that he had lost his life in that corner. Yeah, that was a that was a devastating day, I think, for all of racing in all reality. Still, to, yeah, you it know. was. And then a highlight. Then a highlight when I retired. You know, I mean, I retired in 05, and then and then 2013 they ducked me into their NASCAR 
Hall of Fame. Um, and that was such a big deal because you had all your peers and you had all the people that liked you and all the people yeah, who didn't like you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, being a, a good guy or a bad guy or whatever they thought of you, you, you were just rusty then. Yeah. You were a racer and you were a Hall of Famer. And that right just on. felt so good, you know. Well, the other question is when you have dinner with your family with all those brothers racing, I mean, that's got to be, <laughs> what do you guys race to get done first? Or, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, that's got to be pretty yeah. awesome, though, because that my, whole, bro- my brother Mike is real competitive. Yeah. And my brother Kenny. Kenny, yeah. You know, everybody knows Kenny. Kenny's coming to bike week with me. He's going to oh, stay right with on. me right here at the condo. And, uh, and he's going to ride one of my bikes. And uh, he's so excited about it, he can't see straight. We're building a new trailer for Southern country customers right now. And it'll be done next Friday. And it's, it's getting finished up in St. Louis. And Kenny's been over there every day, checking on the, checking on it for me, making yeah. sure it's all looking good and everything, which I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a history. I mean, to, to be able to do what you've done in NASCAR, you know, with your kids, you have a son that you have only one son that races or. That, well, actually my son, Greg, he tried racing and actually did real good, but he said, yeah. you know what? I'm going to go to college instead. <laughs> so he did that. He went to Wake Forest actually. Yeah. And then my son, my youngest son, Steve, Steve. He said, no, I'm a racer, man. I'm all into yeah. it. So Steven won a bunch of races and short tracks and, 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 uh, ran really good in the, the Xfinity series. They call it now. And then when we lost the sponsorship stuff back in the day, we said, screw it. And we'd, uh, he got excited about these bikes and man, yeah, he has yeah. been wide open throttle on the motorcycles. And he's, he is building some beautiful motorcycles, really cool stuff. Yeah. What a, what a great, I guess, life and, and a career and everything. And yet to come back into this and to be able to sit and talk with you and you to be as down to earth, you know, oh, like yeah. people are like, Oh my God, you're going to talk to Rusty Wallace. What are you, you going to ask him? I'm like, well, it's about motorcycles and cars, obviously, <laughs> but to be as down to earth as you are, like coming to the broken it's spoke, easy, yeah. yeah, it's super, super easy to talk with you and which makes it way easier for us, obviously. No, well, thanks. I appreciate that. I mean, you, you know, you got, you got to have a passion, man. Yeah. I mean, and I love my race cars. It, it's, that's what's made me my money. Uh, I got some, I got eight car dealerships up in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee area right now at all all came from those nine races that i won in the bristol tennessee area uh, that was been one of my best tracks and one so of my I built favorite following tracks, up there. Right. so i do that and then hey rusty what do you do for fun well <laughs> this is my fun these motorcycles yeah. are my fun it's everything to me so let's go back to that for a minute because we had uh walter coro actually asked this question and i was i was sort of leaning to it before you even brought it up how much how much influence was don tilly on you for for motorcycles and what kind of motorcycle and Don Tilly was a, he was a great, great friend of ours. He was a great friend of NASCAR. He was a great friend of Kyle Petty. He was a great friend of Mike Helton. He's a great friend of myself, uh, Harry Gant, one of the racers, uh, a lot of people in the North Carolina area. And he was a real horsepower King. And it's, it, this is great that we're talking about this because I, um, I said, well, okay, what am I going to put in my new build? I said, well, man, let's go get a 131 crate, and let's, let's make that thing run, you know. And so let's get all the right pieces and parts. And so I said, okay, we'll go to Jim's uh, over there in Mooresville, who used to be Mooresville, North Carolina, who actually, Jim's V-Twins, he was my engine builder at Team Penske for a while. Oh, no shit. Yeah. yeah, listen to that stuff. And then he went to work for Chip Ganassi on his, his NASCAR stuff. They said, you know what? I love Harley, so I'm going to start my own company. And that's what Jim did. He's making some good stuff. So I use Jim's stuff, and I use T-Man. T-Man makes an incredible yeah, product. T-Man. Everybody knows T-Man makes yeah. some badass stuff. If you've been to Bonneville so, at all, you know that cat. 
Yeah, you know T Man, he's the dude. And so we use we use all those guys' products. But anyway, I went and bought all this stuff. I said, man, I don't have time to assemble all this stuff because I got to build this. So I took everything up to Tilly. My kid built a real hot rod 128. Stephen did. He, you know, he, he pineappled all the cylinder heads, got the right cam and the pistons. We were using a new man of war compensator out of the dark horse crankshafts up in Elkhart, Indiana, right by the racetrack that I go to every now and then, a road course track. Yeah. So up there, we're using Barnett stuff and all that. And so we, we give it all to Tilly. And we said, you put it all together. And it was really cool because they went back into Don's engine shop and brought all the equipment out. And they built my 131 hot rod motors and my new bike that I'm bringing to Daytona. And they built Steve's new 128 that we're bringing to Daytona. And they wow. did everything until they assembled everything, came over. We hooked all the computers up and fired everything up and everything ran like a million bucks. And all the guys at Don Tilly's place did that for us. And boy, it's just yeah. And, and the, you know what? Those guys were excited because when we lost Don, it's kind of like they really lost a big part, you know. And uh, and well, for we, them to be able to get back involved in, in the, the performance, you yep. could see the, the look right. in their eyeballs that they were like, man, we're back in the game. This is cool, you know. Well, that was so, performance and racing was the lifeblood that, that pumped through that place. And I'll tell you, yep. like, you know, to, to share one quick personal story way way early on we used to the very first big mountain run we ever did which was our big annual event one of the most sobering moments i ever had in motorcycling was going into into dawn's place into the back of the place and standing behind loose or beside lucifer's hammer with him with his yeah. with his hand on it and my hand on it and talking about that motorcycle and all the things that bike had ever done and seen man like that was it yeah that was it you know, and his, there was no mistake in the passion that he had for all this stuff. If you have a 10 minute conversation with that man, he was so smart at everything. I'll never forget. We're out in Sturgis and we're in a, we're riding one day and Don's with us and he's kind of leading our ride. And, um, it started raining It started raining really hard. And every, I had, who had I had with me? I had Clint Boyer and I had uh, Tony Stewart and had a couple of others with me. And it's man, we're pulling over. And Don said, hell with them, man. Come on, let's keep on rolling. He told me, he said, take your wallet, put it in your front pocket. He said, do this and do that. And just, just follow me. <laughs> I said, okay. So we just kept on rolling, and we got we got back to base camp. And when we got back to base camp, here this guy show up about two hours later. Me and Don are sitting there drinking a beer. And he said, he said, you put your wallet in your front pocket, just keep that, keep that son of a bitch straight. And he said, uh, it'll dry out, and you'll be just perfect, man, no problem. <laughs> and he taught me a lot about that stuff. <laughs> That's well, awesome. All the um, all the racing, all the driving. You said two hundred mile an hour, this or that. I mean, obviously, a big difference between riding in that cage with that steering wheel in your hand to riding on a bike. What's the fastest you've ever been on a motorcycle? Oh man, you know I can't lie to you. I haven't been really fast on a motorcycle. I've been like one hundred thirty on a motorcycle. That's about it. I mean, I haven't. You know, keeping these baggers going that quick in a straight line is a pretty tough oh, yeah. deal to do. Yeah, right. You know, so hey, there's one of our new 26s. That's that's a hot yeah. rod bike right there. We'll be, we'll be bringing that one down. That's got the new uh, VIP Alliance Sega front wheel on it. It's got uh, it's a 114 motor with a, I believe that one there's got. I don't know if that's got a T cam, a T man camera. If that's got a, a, a Jim's cam in it, but they run really good. Make about a hundred and. 30 horsepower that one there but nice paint chris fox out of salisbury north carolina does all the paint that's got top shot body kit on it that'd be one of the bikes we'll have there 
Yeah, you really you're really building some killer bikes. You really are. It, it's nice to see the uh, it's nice to see the flare. You know the flare you guys put into it. Like they're sh- they're sharp motorcycles. It's yeah. not just you're not stamping stuff. Well, out. I'll yeah. tell you that that's that's Brian uh, that does Brian Patrick man and Brian Patrick Wade. I, I see. I I can't believe it. I've talked to my buddy's Brian Wade, but I'm using his center name because that's what they know of in this movie industry. <laughs> yeah, that green that green bike. Can you go back to that one? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if Ken or not. Anyway, that green bike you just popped up there, that's one of our 26s. And that one there, uh, uh, Dave Kindig from Bitch and Ride. Do you know him? No, I heard the him. The TV show, the, TV, yeah. the big TV show, Bitch and Ride. That's his agent's motorcycle. We built oh, yeah. him that one. Oh, right on. And so he's going to have, we'll have that bike in Daytona too on display. That one there's got a set of Covington pipes on it. And our other motorcycles have got the ones we build. We're building some new stainless stainless pipes right now but uh, covington builds some beautiful pipes too he makes some nice stuff and we buy from all the builders man we we don't we don't we're not we, we do a we're a big drag specialties dealer la Paris seat dealer we, we we got uh you know we're a dark horse dealer it just we like all the all these guys makes trash trash dealer they all make good stuff well let's talk about that because as, as soon as you talk about you know coming out with bikes and stuff everybody wants to know what what do you do? What do you you do in the shop? So what's available from Southern Country Customs? Well, right now, I mean, Brian is Brian does most almost all the ordering exclusively at uh, Southern Country Customs, getting our pieces and parts put together. I lately have been in there building a bike for myself. My son Stephen basically builds most all the bikes with his helpers in 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 the shop, and so we're building eighteen fat tires, twenty six. They're building a lot of road glides because the customers like to put a lot of audio up in the, in the fairing. And we can, we, can get better, we can fit more audio in a road glide than we street glide. But we built really smoking street glides, too. But I've been really involved in this new build for Daytona. And like I said, it's a, it's a 21 fat tire. HHI did a lot of work with me helping design the rake and the trail on the bike to make sure it handles right. I really want to thank those guys for all the help they gave us. Uh, Built some really cool stuff. Uh, Shane out at AF Customs out in Bakersfield. You know him? Uh-uh. Yeah, but he makes some really cool stuff. AF Customs out in Bakersfield, California. He built me a set of two-inch handlebars for my brand-new bike. You got to see these babies. I mean, they were sexy-looking handlebars. Man, they fit so nice, it's unreal. And I don't think the industry's seen that. I'm I was sorry. watching one of the Holden bikes. Remember that Holden bike out in Sturgis last yeah. year? Did yep. you guys see that? Yep. That was a really cool bike, and that had two-inch square handlebars, and Holt and, uh, and Shane over there at AF Customs built those. But he built me a set of uh, two-inch round ones. But we, I like dealing with all these builders. They, 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 they all got – they think out of the box, and, uh, and it's fun stuff. Yeah, it's, it's amazing some of the products that are available for these things today. And we that's talk my two-bike. Yeah. That's a hot rod bike. That's a, that started life. That's a 114 motor with a T-man cam in it. 23 fat tire painted all up with the number two in the tank and a great bike runs like a million bucks. That particular bike's got Covington on pipes on it. Uh, real nice audio in it. And I, I that's the bike I rode in uh, bike week uh, at the beginning of the year. I, I'm sorry. In November, was it November, October? Yeah. When we were down here, we're down here for six or seven days. And I rode that bike the whole time. That's really, that bike could be in Daytona. Also, that's a real nice bike. Whose suspension are you? Are you doing your own suspension? Whose suspension are you using? 
But that that one there had an HHI inverted front end on it, that particular bike, and it's got uh, Amer- American suspension air shocks in the back of it. Yeah. You know, we're using Dirty Bird and American suspension, probably more Dirty Bird lately, I would say, but that particular bike's got American suspension on it. And that, that rode really, really nice, too. So they're all really, really good products. You know, I'm kind of searching around right now for the, the swing arm that I really want to settle in on. Um, I've been running, we've been running air in the uh, the tanks on the swing arm instead of external tanks. Yeah. I don't know if that's the right thing to do or not. You know, I'm second, I'm second guessing that. Um, really liked uh, seeing Traska's new, Traska's new swing arm pop out just a couple of days ago that at least I saw. That's a really cool piece and uh, I might be venturing into that deal. Right on. So um, tons of comments and and you know just people throwing up kudos and talking about your career and everything a few questions though mark just asked one about the the uh suspension chris no is asking where and when are you showing your bikes in daytona okay they're all going to be at the broken spoke starting on march the 5th that's what we're angling at we'll be setting up over the broken spoke niche as you come into spoke we'll be right on the left hand side right to the left of the main stage if you're on the stage looking out we'll be to the right if you drive in we'll be to the left and uh, yeah, we'll be there the whole uh, every single day of Bike Week. That's our plan, and uh, we're re- real excited about it. And I want to give a shout out to the guys from uh, SR Parat, who's the big Miller distributor. They're the ones helping we helping me with all this. When I was driving NASCAR, Miller Brewing Company, their their big distributor in Daytona was really behind me, and they're really helping me with this also. So this is going to be a, a nice deal over there to spoke. Well, and that's uh, one thing I want to mention to everybody is um, the day of our chopper show, our custom bike show at the Broken Spoke, if you happen to stop by and see the bikes and you don't get to run into Rusty, you're going to be spending a little bit of time with us the day of our chopper show on Tuesday, right? Tuesday? Our, our, our custom bike custom show is not show. just a chopper show. Yeah. It's open to all classes. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my wife. Uh, is Tuesday, I, I believe... Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Rusty, but I think Sherry gave me the rundown of your schedule. You're going to do, uh, you and Brian are going to do a little meet and greet during the Perowitz paint show on Wednesday. And then again on Friday at the Dennis Kirk garage build bike show. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And also I'll be doing a, we'll be out at PJ's uh, or a JMP cycles out there by Ross Meyer's place, uh, doing a deal with uh, a brand new watch company that I got all excited about that I heard about. It's called, hog watch and you take your key fob out of your motorcycle and put it into it it's a really cool looking 44 millimeter watch which i like a lot and so we'll be there doing that and then we're going to make an appearance also over there at full throttle on the pier one afternoon which i don't have all the dates but you know we're going to have fun and you know we're going to be down main street station in daytona that was bill france seniors with nascar's old garage back in the day and those guys are all our buddies really I didn't yeah, know so we're that. gonna go hang out down there at Main Street Station, oh, and cool. uh, yeah, we're gonna ride and just have a good time with everybody. So that's that's our deal. Well, I'll tell you what, this is uh, like I said, and in coming into the show, this is for for all the guys we've had on the show. This has been a real treat for us, man. Yeah, definitely. You know something's really look at that uniform, man. See Harley on the front of that thing. Yes, sir. <laughs> You know who did that? Willie G. Willie G. did that uniform. Oh yeah. And and Willie G. Uh, and myself got together and did a uh, 883 Sportster. We did about, I think we sold about 100 or something 883 Sportsters and made them all Miller Daniel draft flames on them and stuff. And yeah. uh, 
what a cool guy too. I saw him out at uh, where did I saw him? I saw him two years ago out there at the uh, out in Sturgis at the Chip yeah. for the flat track races. He showed up for the flat track dirt races out there, and I was there that night. What a what a fun time we had talking about that venture we did back with Miller. Boy, he was another one, man. For all the years that I've seen Willie out at events and everything, he seemed like a, one of the guys that never ran out of energy. He was yeah. never too tired at the end of the day to talk to one more person, to sign one more thing. Like he never ran out of energy at all this stuff. Yeah, after uh, a- after the uh, the what was the forty eight promotion yeah i didn't think we were ever going to be invited to another harley thing ever again. we 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 hands down wrecked that place and he loved oh. every minute of it. like he was egging was us over, on yeah when it yeah. was all over he was like dude you guys rock or i don't remember what he, we were all so drunk i don't remember what we said but he was at the bottom of the steps and we were oh. we were riding the tables down the steps he was like you guys are crazy like yeah that's that's what happens yeah. when you feed the fire He's a lot so of fun. happens when you're really having some fun. Right? Oh, dude, we like we we dropped to our. They've grown up since then. Yeah, we dropped to our knees and sang. Uh, you've got you've lost that loving feeling to Kelly McGinnis. Yeah, we, I uh, want listen. How yeah. can you not do that? Oh, though? I know, I know. Then uh, we they didn't have enough alcohol, <laughs> so we went to the state store and bought a bunch of half gallons of Jack Daniels, and oh. we had a pizza party fight. You know, he had a he stood in the corner and just watched us like look at these idiots go. But that was that was the best. So it yep. was a, a thing in. New York and it was like you know how they do fancy press stuff in New York and they had Kelly McGinnis there is just like a celebrity hanging yeah. out and the group of us went sliding oh, across the floor on our you've knees. lost that love yeah, we, and feel we blew the doors open and she was standing <laughs> on the other side of the door and called us all assholes oh yeah and, and then he pulled us aside and said that cycle source is the only magazine i had on the plane with me that's exactly what he said before he left we're like oh god oh, he's gonna burn the perfect, plane down right? yeah right he's gonna burn the plane down with that next time so oh, but man. yeah it was a he's fun a- project i'll never forget when we did that thing with miller brewing company and willie g he did he was so kind to us and we sold a lot of those bikes and did a lot of charity work again. You know, I do a ton of charity work with kids stuff, yeah. and that was I really enjoyed that. But Willie was right involved in all that. He was involved in designing that gas tank and the paint and all that thing and the front of that uniform that I wore. That was a cool deal. Well, I tell you what, <clears throat> we can't wait to see you in Daytona. I can't wait to. I actually I actually like to get on one of your motorcycles and and do a test review for it for the magazine and maybe some video stuff if that's if that's available. That's, but hey, that's no problem at all. We'd love to have you do that. Awesome. Right, now another reason I'm bummed. I'm not going to Daytona. I know you're going to end up kicking my ass after this show. I know. Whatever. It. Maybe Sturgis, Mark. Well, I'm, de- Sturgis, I'm, maybe. I'm definitely. That will be, we'll be at Sturgis too. Then yeah. we'll be back at Daytona again. You know, and in the fall. Yep. Yeah, I, and I never say, "Boy, I'm bummed. I'm going to miss an event." You know, like when have you yeah, ever no, heard you, me say, "I'm easily. bummed. I'm going to miss an event." You got to <laughs> pry me out of the garage with a pair of pliers half the time. Oh, so, all right, um, man. Well, listen. Thank you so much for your time tonight. We've uh, we've kept you probably longer than we should have. You had a full day already with the with the race. And tell everybody about that for one quick second. So, what was the difference with the race today? So, what happened, man? This was really strange today. We were in the Daytona 500 last week. Okay. Well, the governor, the next race scheduled was the California 500 out in Fontana, California. Well, the governor out there wouldn't let any fans in the grandstands, and they made it really rough on NASCAR to do anything. Yeah. So NASCAR said, okay, well, it's just a weird year, man. Screw it. We're just, we're just not going to go to California this, where, this year because we can't make anything work out. Wow. So what they decided to do for the makeup race, for the loss of the California race, is to bring it back to Daytona and race these cars on a road course. 
And so, man, they put one hell of a race on the day. It was incredible. And so it's over. And now the next schedule race is Homestead, Florida, next weekend. Yeah. So they're, they're, we've been in Daytona or Florida now for six straight weeks racing. And uh, but it was a great race today, and that's what I did. And I'm the my 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 what I do. I'm the racing analyst for NASCAR. I work with the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR, and I'm on the radio, and I'm their analyst. And so I've done that for seven years now outside of the dealers, car dealerships and the motorcycle stuff. And uh, keeps me involved in NASCAR, a sport that I love a ton, you know. Right on. Well, you've definitely dominated it, that's for damn sure. So, Well, you guys, <laughs> you guys make sure until we bring you more stuff from Daytona, get out to southerncountrycustoms.com make sure you hit them up there uh hit up the instagram page you can find more about these hot rod motorcycles they're building um keep up with cyclesource.com we'll be bringing you a lot of live stuff from daytona chris real quick i think when you ride one of their bikes rusty should ride one of your long choppers (laughs) (laughs) yeah there you go Uh, yeah yeah that sounds like a deal right there All right, man. Well, listen, thank you so much. Very honored to have you on the show with us. And any time that you want to come back to talk about, you know, the the charity rides that you're doing for the kids or anything, you're more than welcome. We're we're thrilled to have you here. All right, man. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. All right, Rusty. Thank you. Thanks, Rusty. Fantastic. Fantastic. So if you guys are just tuning in, you missed a hell of an interview. Um, Rusty Wallace building some incredible motorcycles through the country custom country southern country customs i'm tongue-tied i'm so so flabbergasted about that that was awesome that's what made me do 5,335 takes the other day trying to do the damn promo i know right so this is shop talk i want to thank you guys for watching we still got a lot more show to go through but i want to thank our sponsors dennis kirk for the use of the studio this evening um bunch of stuff to get to and real quick we're going to cut over to james simonelli from twin power and we're going to get a little tech in hey man what you doing um going over the sporties tightening up some fasteners and stuff doesn't get a whole lot of maintenance so we'll kind of look after it yeah it's a nice bike hey uh, i got a question for you um how do I know when I need to adjust my, my lifters? What kind of bike are we talking? I, I got a Dyna, 2007. Well, loaded question there because from the factory, they have non-adjustable push rods, okay? Everything is a fifth fixed length. It's got a, it's got a hydraulic lifter. So essentially, it requires no adjustment. Now. Um, of course, everybody hot rods these things. First thing they do is put a cam in it and a set of adjustable push rods. Um, hydraulic lifters got about 200,000 travel. The object is you want to set the piston about halfway travel, about, you know, give or take 100,000 down, depending on everyone's got their preference. But um, the initial adjustment should be good. You know, follow your manufacturer's instructions. Um, if it's a 32 tooth per inch push rod, usually it's no up and down shake and three and a half to four turns down. And um, if they're quiet, everything should be good. Now, if you've had the motor apart or it's got a lot of miles on it and maybe the, the valves are starting to pound into the seats a little and the, the stem heights change a little bit, it's, it's a good idea to, to back them off and adjust them. But as a general rule of thumb is if they're not making any noise, 
and the, the bike's not exhibiting any weird tendencies that you would associate with like a tight valve, like a, a loss of compression, et cetera. Uh, typically, hydraulics take care of themselves. All right, thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, I want to thank Twin Power for coming in and giving us some tech tonight. Um, keeping this legit as a garage show. We say shop talk, but we want to uh, get as much shop talking in as we can. Um, lots to get to, right? I'm still I'm still overwhelmed by that last interview. I gotta say, yeah, that was, Mark uh, like Mark is actually genuinely smiling and excited. It's so that's such a nice treat. You better you better stop while you have the chance. You're gonna pay for this shit, for the next three shit's weeks. It's gonna go down. I'm telling you right now. I know. I need to find another Mark. It's here. rare. What, like once a quarter, I need to get somebody that Mark actually likes. So it's I mean, rare. That I mean, many people? Or is there so, is there once a quarter? Yes, yeah, so something like that. I mean, but in all reality, like the bikes, we've been a bike's been a part of you know my life pretty much my whole life. But anybody that knows me knows my cars are, you know, I like cars. I'm in the the four wheels. I'm in the racing and stuff like that. So it's sort of, you know, this is bringing a little bit of my other half in, which is pretty awesome. So. Okay, so we were, uh, right before we brought Mr. Wallace on, we were in the middle of some news. We have a few more pieces I want to get to real quick before we get to our, our next guest. If you guys will stick with us here. Um, I guess I could start that off like we do. Next up in the news, <laughs> Harley Davidson. The big reveal is tomorrow. Everybody's you guys, waiting for You this. guys have been waiting. <laughs> 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 Nope, nope, that's uh, the wrong yeah, one. Nope, that's the right <laughs> Can one. Can I get an amen? <laughs> so tomorrow is the uh, the big announcement of the Pan Am, and uh, you can check it out through their website. They're doing a big international reveal thing. Heather, so we're gonna we're gonna tune into that tomorrow, and hopefully we'll be able to give you a better report on that next week. What are we all and expecting? I know What's that? What are you expecting? I mean, what do you what do you think? What do you think well, they're going to I think a lot of people are excited about this one because it's the closest thing to an adventure bike that Harley's come. And I think That's even not true. Look, well, recently. That's not true because in recently? the in the Buell Ulysses they okay, did but they Buell's did have not been made for I'm just saying. Years. Not I said recently, <laughs> open years. Then, not hating, then, just saying. Then beyond that, there was a Harley Davidson with a Rotex motor that they, uh, it was kind of a military deal, but it was pretty modern. You're just an argumentative little brat. Stop just, listening to Mark. <laughs> I'm in a good mood tonight for a minute. I know. No, but I mean, Chris, you even said that you're interested in seeing this I am. This I am. Yeah, I believe it's going to be, it's going to be a pivot point. You know what I mean? Like this is. This is another brand new market that Harley's yeah. jumping into. In spite of all my rhetoric just now, it's a brand new market they're they're jumping into. BMW has firmly held that place. They're they're in that yeah. space and they're right. in it to win it. The price and the performance of their product is there. Well, otherwise, so, the gas tank catching on fire. But, I mean, you know. Drew Drew Woodford said Buell was back. Yes, Drew, we were talking about that earlier in the show. Um, Stay late, dollar short, Drew. I'll bring that up for you here, though. Buell is coming back, but it's coming back without Eric. And that sucks. Yeah, that's sort of weird. But, I mean, Eric is Buell. Eric Buell. 
<laughs> yeah, get it, Eric Isbell. Oh, uh, okay. So we're gonna let the uh, we're gonna let the news take a break for a while and um, take a real quick break. When we come back on the other side, we're gonna have our next guest for the hour. Don't go anywhere. This is Shop Talk coming to you live through the courtesy of the Dennis Kirk Motorcycle Studio. Don't go anywhere. I guess it was about 1958 or so. I was 13 years old. A friend had a homemade motor scooter. He let me ride it, and I just was taken by that. There were garage builders everywhere before the pros took over. Uh, especially bikes and hot rods, you had to have friends that did all the different things. There's nothing in a Harley showroom I want, but if you tell me about a box, some boxes in the shed, man, I'll beat you there, you know. And then it was that fun and that personal pride that you, you took a basket case and you made something out of it. You know, any, anybody can go buy one of those, but you've got to build one of these. And that's the difference. Dennis Kirk is really amazing because of so many things. There's a variety of parts, the speed, the ease of ordering. You know, you pick up the phone and just whip out a part number and, and it's in your shop in a day or two. I'm Ed Fish, and I'm from Torrenton, Pennsylvania, and I'm a Dennis Kirk garage builder. We're ready to race. What's your strategy? Go fast. <laughs> the fueling name has been associated with racing and high-performance engines since 1974, when founder Jim Fueling started fueling the flames. From Daytona to Monaco, from the Bonneville Salt Flats to the Indy 500. Fueling is here to compete. Look for the flying pig to run up front this year with pilot Ben Bosco. Fueling, no bullshit, just performance. Okay, we're back. Um, another killer episode of Shop Talk. Thank you guys for being here with us. Um, Nancy Weems, thank you. He even digs the commercials. So, Shop Talk, if you're, uh, if you're enjoying the stuff that we're doing here, this is only one of the programs that we offer from the Source Media Group. Um, uh, again, on Tuesdays, we engineer a show for Chris Summer Simmons and Michael Lichter, Coast to Coast. Women and Motorcycles Through History. It's a great show. Wednesday nights, we engineer a show for Rob Nussbaum and Jason Sims, the Motorcycle Cannonball Chronicles. The Flannel the Mafia. <laughs> the Flannel Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, great, great programs. We do a bunch of stuff with Grease and Gears Garage. If you're digging what we're doing, uh, subscribe to our YouTube or Facebook channel. You can see some more. If you are 
in need of motorcycle television, motorcycle entertainment, you're stuck in the house, you've already completed Netflix like I have, then go over to our partners at Chopper Town. Make sure you hit them up because in addition to carrying all of our programs, they're carrying tons of other people that are doing stuff like us, like Dave and Jody Pirowitz do Chopper History. Rick Fairless does a show on there. Uh, Gina Woods. Um, Jackie Van Ham does a show. Bunch of great stuff. Go over to I Chopper can't wait till Daytona and all the live stuff we're going to be able to bring everybody. Walter Kuro, Sunday Swap is coming back. I promise you I'm working on it. I'm trying to bring it back so that we can actually. Yeah, that was always so cool. Yep. And like people some, loved it. Yeah. It kicked ass. Some of, some of the shit that ended up hitting the table there was always really awesome. So our next guest, can you imagine starting a shop with your father, Mark and then <laughs> actually you, not you directing that at me not killing each other uh, well that's out first off <laughs> and and making that thing run not not even just as a good business but having it one at one time become the largest independent shop in your area that'd be fairly awesome through, through hard work and uh, and good business practice that's what our next guest has done here um heather was nice enough to set this interview up Hi. So Jake Cutler and his dad back in 2004 started Barnstorm Cycles, actually in a barn um, in better, Spencer, Massachusetts. Better than a barn in a carriage house, right? Well, if you know, why would you pass it to Well, me? because I want to no, give you a shot, Blondie. Everybody likes to see you on the screen. No, so. <laughs> I don't know about that. But anyway, so in Spencer, Massachusetts, and if you don't know Spencer, it's not too far outside of Worcester. Um, it's a very small community. It's a beautiful community, but small. So to see them thrive there is even that's better. That's a that's a tough a tough joint. Absolutely. Yeah. It and really, Worcester, really is. incidentally, Mark, not spelled like you would believe. Oh, you're kidding. And Mark. actually, let How's me it spelled? let me channel my like I'm Worcester, back sir? at home. <laughs> Worcester's here. What's this year's sauce? So let me pretend I'm home with my family. Oh boy. Spencer Spencer, just outside of Worcester, is a small town. <laughs> So a lot of A's. Is that what you're saying? A lot and of A's in this. It's right down the road from Lemonster. Yeah. <laughs> Not too far from Lemonster, just outside of Worcester, small town, you know, Spencer. Oh right god! On. So let's uh, let's cut to the let's cut to the chase here real quick. <laughs> now he's ready to like punch everybody in the mouth at this point. <laughs> Dickheads! I'm not coming on this show. I'm out of here. <laughs> These ass hats. <laughs> Jake, how you doing? You with us, buddy? Hey, how you doing? We didn't bust balls too bad. That was more for Heather than for you. We were busting. No, her I balls, think you guys but... are pretty spot on with the, uh, <laughs> the impersonation there. So, well, I'm from there, so. <laughs> yes, that's not. I didn't a... actually know that. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm from there. I actually grew up in Pepperell, Mass. One um, of her many my downfalls. My family all still lives there, and I only like really go back to my my dialect when i'm at home or when i'm angry because no. we she, pick look, on her too much here she goes she goes straight back to it when she's pissed off straight <laughs> back to one, one more time i'm going to tell you i smack you in the fucking mouth <laughs> straight to it straight to it default well, mode yeah right <laughs> so thank you for coming on let me uh let me get to what my job is supposed to be in the show well, is actually running things right instead of putting the wrong get, person's let's name Let's not get carried away Jesus. Here. We went completely off the rails tonight, dude. This is what happens. Give us a good show. <laughs> down in flames. So, Jake, tell us about tell us about your story. You don't even look old enough to have a story of, like, 
of, of this kind of success. success right? Yeah, right. Did you start this when you were like four? Uh, actually, I was uh, 18, 19 um, oh. when we started the shop, and I'm, I'm 35 now. So I think that math works out to 16 years, give or take a day or two. Um, Almost had to pull a so, the, the, to be in all fairness, in all reality, the shop wasn't really meant to be a real business when we started it. Um, it was actually kind of part of a school project um, when I was finishing high school, starting college. And I didn't really have any idea what I wanted to do when I grew up, quote unquote. Um, <laughs> we were like, oh, you know, let's start a business at, for the experience. I had my father's support and you know, I come from a, a family of uh, business people. So um, it was, it was kind of like a learning experience more than anything. And, and uh, it's kind of progressed uh, to something quite different from what it started as. So. Well, and listen, all, all joking aside, man, um, you know, one of the things that we said on the way in with the show is that the part of the country that you're in, is no easy game to do anything with motorcycles, especially like part of your business is, is fabrication and custom motorcycles. That's even that's even a harder proposition yeah. up in the up in the high northeast. But mm. I mean, you know, saying that your family, you know, you you have business people in your family, and this was a project. This is this was a serious undertaking, especially for a young man. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, I had no idea what I was getting myself into uh, when I started. Um, and, you know, the the benefit of hindsight probably would have done a few things differently. Um, but I, I wouldn't change it for the world, that's for sure. So, and, and in the early days, it was awesome to be able to, you know, work alongside my dad so intimately and, and so, uh, so much. We did a lot of 16, 18 hour plus days, you know, side by side on, on a lot of stuff and uh, we're still friends to this day, so that you know that. <laughs> you know that's that's a feat in itself. I'm, right? I'm super close with my father and have worked the majority of my life right next to him. And uh, you know, so God, that's a that's a plus. I can tell you though, it's probably one of the most rewarding, you know, beneficial things there. And what you learn, you know, uh, and on top of that, you see your future. I mean, uh, we'll take that however you want. You uh, you mm. see how you're going to turn out because. I am a lot like my father now, so you know. Hopefully, that's a good thing. For well, you. what was t- tell us about that? I mean, uh, other than the business side of things, is so growing up. This was your your dad always into motorcycles. Was it you know? Were you immersed in this from a younger age? Even yeah, I would say um, that I I was actually uh, you know first time on a motorcycle. I was while uh, in the in my mother's womb. Um, in my my father got his motorcycle. Uh, I'm pretty sure he actually, it's probably far enough long I can say this. I'm, he, he, I'm pretty sure he rode his motorcycle to get his license, like rode to the registry to get the license. <laughs> so, um, Yeah, I think you know, the, the statute of limitations is up him. on that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, way of life for him. And so I grew up around that, um, you know, from, from before I was born uh, right until, you know, my earliest days. Um, I got my first dirt bike, mini bike thing when I was uh, three or four whiskey throttled it into a curb flipped over backwards and you know the rest is history so to speak so um we grew up around with hot rods motorcycles dirt bikes and we were kind of always a i like to say kind of a do-it-yourself household you know to the extent that we were able to do it ourselves we did it um and you know so from from an early age i i was uh exposed to problem solving and troubleshooting and 
and you know fixing things that broke out of necessity so it was kind of part of my you know my my just lifestyle and, and upbringing and and so that transitioned well as I as I grew up and got into motorcycle. I can stay in interested in motorcycling, if you will. Well, and you know, even even beyond motorcycling, that's we we talk about this all the time. That like one of the one of the great losses of the garage culture getting smaller, like it has over the last few years, is the fact that that problem solving. You know, a lot of us learned that as as young kids. You know, starting off with hold the light where I can see it, not where you can. You know, which mm-hmm. you know eventually you you got that into your head that it was about perspective and blah blah blah. But the problem solving thing, I mean that that bleeds through so much of life, man. That go that yeah. you you take the that skill set with you in everything that you do. Yep. Absolutely, and it's it's definitely benefited me. You know, far in my life, far outside of uh, motorcycles, um, just in general, having that, you know, a foundation with that's kind of built on common sense and, and you know, stopping thinking and, and figuring stuff out. In fact, when I was, uh, you know, one of the earliest kind of bits of wisdom that was imparted upon to me um, was slower is faster and faster is slower. Um, yeah, but where, you know, just just stop and think before you act. And, and you know, a lot of times you can figure it out. So, well, so, so we're, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Anna. Chris, go ahead. Now, I'm familiar with the area that you're in. Spencer is a small town in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you guys persevere and make it through that small town? Uh, well, small we town challenges. We didn't start in Spencer. Um, okay. The first, um, the shop started in our home shop. Uh, which was actually in in Worcester, um, directly across the street from Elm Park, which I, is one of the oldest, if not oldest, parks or of some designation in the country, which is kind of cool. Um, and so, from like 2004 to 2010, we operated out of our our carriage house. Uh, Chris, you accurately described the barn. <laughs> <laughs> it was in fact an old carriage house, um, you know, complete with. Uh, at one point horses and, and everything we found old hay in the floorboards that you know in places before so um and uh and then as the business grew and we kind of refined the business model um we we kind of outgrew the home shop and, and really wanted to make a go of the business as more of just a more than just a hobby type um thing we started looking for an old mill building because we we liked that you know, you can see it there in the shot. Uh, we wanted a, like a, a building with some character and some history, and so we found this building after searching high and low through through various uh, towns and and stuff. And we found this one in Spencer, kind of last minute actually, and it was very very dilapidated. It had an old bowling alley from the '40s on the second floor, and it was pretty much ready to fall down. So uh, we we bought it pretty cheap and ended up dumping a ton of money into it. I mean way more than I was expecting. Um, but we rehabbed and, and saved an old building and we, it took us about nine months to do the demolition and, and build out inside. And that was a whole nother learning experience. Um, and again, fortunately for me, the, the business that my family is actually intimately familiar with is real estate. So I, I had a lot of uh, oh, shoulders right and, and folks to ask questions of and connections to contractors and stuff. So that definitely streamlined that. I think, maybe more than the average person might have. And, um, you know, and that's the building we're in today. So that was a whole nother kind of passion project, you know, saving a, a hundred year old building. Um, that and, is but, really cool. 
and you know was, i wasn't i wasn't just being a smart ass in the beginning i think that's one of the coolest things like i i dig that um the the history of americana and like you yeah. know to think about the fact that you guys did start that out of a out yeah. of a carriage house like that's that's great mm -hmm. how many times have you pulled open the door of an old car and seen that carriage works logo from from the the body company yeah fisher you know? fisher bodies yeah. i got it yep. tattooed on my arm yeah yep so now currently at Barnstorm, Barnstorm, you guys do a lot of different things. Um, do you have one particular aspect that you personally enjoy more than the other? Do you like building ground ups? Do you like just doing customization, customizations or, you know, souping up a motor? What's, where's your passion lie? Um, personally, for me, the, the fabrication side of things is, is really what got me into uh, wanting to do this for a living. Um, I, I do enjoy swinging a wrench and doing, you know, mechanical work as well, but it, for me, creating stuff that either didn't exist or modifying something to suit a particular purpose it is really what, uh, gives me the fizz as you might say. So, um, that's kind of the, the area of the business I try to find kind of hide in the back and, and weld some stuff together is, is what we joke around at the shop saying, but, um, I've done a little bit of all of it. Um, I'm terrible with paperwork. I'm terrible with billing. Um, and so, you know, that we try to, try to focus, uh, everyone focus on what they're, what they're best at and what they enjoy the most. So, uh, welding and fabricating and, and problem solving in any capacity is what, what really, uh, you know, gets me out of bed in the morning. Um, but in particular with motorcycles, that that's the stuff that I like. And in particular, um, my goal Kind of with any any project, whether it's a full up ground uh, you know ground up build or just modifying an existing bike, it, I, I really I, I think like a lot of builders and fabricators, you know, there's that the challenge of of blending form and function, and finding unique or interesting ways to do that that um, are are personally satisfying and also satisfying to the end user or, or client. Um, you know, that's just that's just fun. You know, you're just problem solving all day and, and it's always something new. And, and, uh, and at the end of the day, someone gets to use, use what you've made you know. and, and enjoy it and create new memories with it and stuff. So, you know, there's a, it's pretty multifaceted, but that's what I like to do the most is problem solve. So let's, let's talk about, I had that, that picture up for a second. I'm going to go back to it. Tell, tell us about what's going on here. How do we end up with Jeff Goldblum and, and your selection of photos for tonight. Um, so that is uh, kind of a dumb luck situation. I had nothing to do with the Jeff Goldblum af aspect of that motorcycle. Um, we were contacted by uh, Tiffany's, the jewelry company in New York City, which I will completely admit when I got the initial email uh, asking about potentially building a bike for them i thought it was like a spam email i did not think it was, <laughs> was not even going to respond um and i was like you know what this could be real i i probably should at least email back and i'm glad i did uh, we ended up um through a referral from indian i'm pretty sure which is kind of kind of awesome that indian referred us directly to them um i don't know if that was a mess up on their part but anyway we got referred to tiffany's and um we we're given a very short time frame to complete, um, you know, a motorcycle. Basically, we ended up building two of these bikes. They're identical. One, because I guess Tiffany's keeps one of everything they ever make custom. And then one wow. they sold as part of a 12 unique uh, gift items 
of Christmas. So there was like a bunch of other stuff that they had in there, like a pool table and a really cool vintage looking oven. And, you know, Tiffany's does some crazy stuff and the budgets are kind of unlimited. So we were the lowest priced item on there. I think they sold the bike for like 35 grand. Yeah. So, um, just, I think the pool table was like a hundred grand. Um, but that was a really cool project. I got to work kind of in a different area than I was ever, would ever expect to be involved. And it turns out, um, a mutual friend or a buddy of mine actually works for Tiffany's. Um, so, and he's a bike guy. So we got to kind of coordinate. He was like the internal person. We were the external, we did all the fab and stuff, but he was integral in the design and, and the coordination of it. Uh, that was my buddy, Matt Landman. So, uh, wouldn't have been able to do it without him. And so the Jeff Goldblum thing, those, I guess they brought him in to do some promo in the new space that the bike was in. And so that was just kind of icing on the cake to a pretty awesome experience. Yeah, as it that's, was. that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And we're actually, now we're building uh, another, like a third version of that for the, for the CFO of Tiffany's personally, because he's a, a, a bike guy. So, and he wanted one, oh, he wanted to buy cool. the one they were selling, but thought that would be in bad form. So now we're building him one. Personally, so, with so some other the, the moral of the story is you never take an email as spam. Correct. <laughs> so that, yeah, Correct. Read right. everyone. Good, good call on opening up that email. Just later. You know. so, so let's let's talk for a minute about some of your uh, some of your custom bike skills and the accolades that you've got through the years. Like not just being in Cycle Source Magazine, which took us almost forever to get one of your bikes in and i still i still apologize to this day for that but i'm a i'm a big fan of a lot of the stuff that you do man let's let's talk about where custom bike building has taken you okay um is do you want me to just randomly or it's it's again going from you know just a, a guy and his dad you know kind of goofing around in the garage for fun to to building bikes for Tiffany's. I had, uh, as you see the bike that you're showing right now is a Sandra Lee. That was in one of Michael Lichter's, uh, shows in Sturgis, um, to, I mean, I, it's, it's kind of brought me all around the country. I've made a lot of friends through, through this industry, you know, some, um, all really, really wonderful people. And it's, it's, it's been a lot more, uh, especially in the last few years with some of the stuff we've gotten to do with Indian and, and, and Carrie and those guys, like it's not, and you know, that's that shot right there is from the, the original, you know, shop. So we had oh, a couple right of lifts and uh, a couple of Kendon lifts that, you know, I could get out of the way because the shop was so small. It was like, I think 1600 square feet. Uh, but we also had to park like our regular vehicles in there for a while. And slowly we took it, you know, it became full-time motorcycle shop. Um, but we lived above, we lived upstairs and worked downstairs. I mean, my commute was, you know, 25 feet. Um, Which can be invaluable in the Northeast at, at, the, yeah. at, the, at the busy time of year for a custom bike shop. That's invaluable because not, not getting to work means yeah. everything's on hold. <laughs> yeah. The de- there, there are some downsides to living where you work. Uh, I definitely had some people on like Sundays wander upstairs wondering, you know, if we were opening, could I do a tire change or you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, you, and you never say no. So, you know, <laughs> but. I think we have another shot of that. Same, that's the same shop, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that was, that's the original shop. And you can see, uh, 
you know, that was kind of every morning you'd roll the bikes out to make room. Every night you'd roll them back in. And, you know, which is still, uh, you know, we bought a bigger building thinking we could get away from that, but we just fit more bikes in there. So you're still pushing bikes every morning. <laughs> more I, space, I, I, more shit. Yeah. <laughs> We went now, from 1,600 square pictures, feet to 10,000 and had the same same space yeah. issues. So, Looking through your pictures, you've built pretty much every style of motorcycle. Mm-hmm. you have a personal preference? Or do uh, you just love them all? I really – I think that the variety of bikes that we've been able to build over the years kind of encapsulates um, – my feeling towards motorcycles overall on that is it doesn't matter what it is, as long as you can ride it. Um, going back to something I said earlier, man, I do prefer motorcycles that are geared to be ridden as opposed to be shown. Um, and there's always, you know, depending on what the, the style of motorcycle and what it's ultimate, uh, you know, intended use is, it will dictate how functional it has to be. Um, but my, I'm not sure if I supplied any photos of my. I have a 41 knucklehead motor that's been in various chassis configurations, never in a stock configuration since I've owned it. But that was a rigid four speed uh, kick only bike. And that was my primary motorcycle for six or seven seasons. Um, and, that? you know, I wrote that. That's the that's essentially that's a different bike. Okay. Um, but I, I rode that rigid uh, knucklehead for years you know, just fine. And, you know, I'd strap some saddlebags on there and sometimes a, a, you know, a waterproof bag on the front. Now I ride primarily, uh, touring bikes with a, with a, with a fairing and an actual saddle. But yeah, that's the knucklehead there. So, you know, that, that used to be my bagger, if you will. And now I ride around on, um, uh, usually that we, we built a FXR with a 143 in it, SNS 143. And I, I put a rode that across country twice now. Um, so that typically I'm, I'm more on a bagger now than anything, but, um, you know, that's, that's another bike we built for a customer named Greg. Um, that's the FXR I've ridden across country a couple of times. Uh, we built that for hot bike tour 2016 actually. Um, so it, I don't have a particular style. Um, you know, there's a DRZ in there somewhere that I sent photos of and, uh, DRZ 400 that we kind of, yeah, that thing. And that thing is a blaster ride. I mean, Dude, somewhat yeah, that looks, that looks cool. Distances, but, um, that looks you know, like I, a hell of a lot of fun. Yes, sir. If, <laughs> if I had to pick one motorcycle, I would probably just throw up in a ball and die because it's <laughs> 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 ah, that's awesome. One of each is the, is the correct answer. See, now that's your, you're on the same page as me. I'd have to have one of everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's, each that's one part of why friends. I started a motorcycle shop. By the way, like, yeah, I you know I have an excuse to buy any motorcycle. I can what? you know there's no justification needed. I do the same thing with cars. I own enough cars. I can show up one day a month with a different vehicle. Nobody ever knows what I'm going to show up in, <laughs> so it works out perfect. Hey Chris, can you go to the Barnstorm Cycles website and go to their inventory page? How, what does does your dad still work with you? Is he still in the shop? What's he, he's not in the shop in person uh, as much as he, nearly as much as he used to be. Like I said, he um, he runs a few other businesses yeah. um, as well, and he's still inter- integral in Barnstorm, especially like kind of behind the scenes with the um, 
you know, the, the administrative and, yeah. uh, you know, business planning, financial stuff like that. Um, he's kind of the guru there. Um, I'm more the hands-on fabricator. I'm in the shop every day helping the team and, you know, trying to, trying to help manage that, but also, um, get, get the, the how, welding and fabricating and how many, stuff done. how many so, people work with you? How many people you have working in the shop? Uh, it's varied throughout the years. Um, it's pretty bad. I don't know off the top of my head, but I want to say we have about 10 people right now. Yeah. Um, I'd have to, I'd have to, uh, double check that, but it's, we've had as many as 17 people oh, at yeah. one point. Right. Um, but we really kind of slimmed that down. We have a really good tight knit team right now of really good professional people who are all kind of experts in their area. Um, so it's probably the best operational operationally we've been ever. Do you do um, your own was, engine? Own do you do all that your own in house? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. We we farm out a few things like paint, powder coat, um, any like real specific engine machine work. That's not not something we have the equipment to do. Yeah. Um, but pretty much everything else we try to capture and keep in house. So you know, because we have then the quality control can be there, and and the, it's so much easier to to anticipate deadlines and yeah, time frames right. and all that other stuff. You know, you know how it goes. Yeah. So I actually wanted Chris to pull up the knucklehead that you have listed on your first as your first part of your inventory. It's the very first bike on there, Chris. Okay. The chopper, the barnstorm. I just oh, want. Oh yeah. So now again, you say you know you've been riding riding the bagger mostly and stuff, and this says it's a 2021. So you just finished it, I'm assuming. Yeah, we actually it it we did just pretty much finish it. However, that was a um, that's a bike that we started back at the old shop. I'm going to be com- completely honest with that. We we picked up uh, like a rolling chassis that we I think my dad was going to build for himself, and then realized he doesn't want to ride a rigid because he's you know not a sadist or whatever. But uh, <laughs> I don't want to call him old, but uh, we knew what you meant. It's okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you can't because um, he's probably our age if you're only 35. So watch it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he still claims he's 14, so we'll just say we'll leave it at that. Oh, um, he's Peter Pan syndrome, but um, that's a bike that we started back then. But it didn't have like a um, didn't have a there was no deadline, and you know how projects without deadlines are. So it yeah. um, it it changed forms a little bit and went back and forth. Uh, and then what really got me kind of jazzed on, on finishing it was the, I actually traded a, a customer some work for that girder front end. Um, and when I got the front end or previously the rolling chassis had, had like uh, one of those DNA springers on it. Yeah. And I'm looking at the front end, the, the, the girder that I did some work for, and I was just kind of, it all clicked in my head. So I, I took the frame, which is like a, I think it's a Santee frame. Um, I raked it out to get the trail numbers right for the, for the girder, you know, worked all that math out. And then, and then that bike kind of, kind of started taking shape from there. So, um, it's got an SNS knucklehead in it. It's a, it's a 93 inch SNS knucklehead, uh, five speed. Um, and then all, all, all sorts of just kind of, fabricated bits and and reworked bits and that kind of stuff to, to get to the end so let's end let's talk about that just for a minute because believe it or not i just finished a story for next month's magazine with a cat that built and i won't i won't i won't 
ruin the story for letting it come out, but he built a, a bike with an S&S knucklehead, and he was talking about how some of the old guys and the purists give him shit over it because, you know, it's not a real knucklehead. And I was like, yeah, but it's it's really not a real knucklehead. Like, I would give my left nut to get to get that to get that S knucklehead because you're you never have to worry about that. You can build yeah. a bitchin' motorcycle and you never have to worry about yeah. something happening with that motor. Mm. Yeah, no, you should say no, it's an updated, well running knucklehead is <laughs> what you ought to say. <laughs> right. That's how I'd sum that up. Oh. Yeah, my knucklehead <clears throat> runs. That's you know, I'll see you at the show. Let me know when your trailer shows up. But what do you think about that? Because you've you've had experience with both now. Yeah, I mean my, I have a 41 motor that uh, I built with uh, my my long-term mentor, uh, PQ. And um, it was actually, a, I bought it from him at the, uh, as a basket case. And it had been apart for 16 years in boxes. And we, we put it together together when I was, um, you know, a young man in my early 20s. And um, so I put thousands and thousands of miles on that motor. Never had a problem. The only issue I ever had with that bike was the primary belt broke on me once. Um I've put significantly less miles on the S and S motor, but it's definitely, uh, it's a different motor. It's a different, it's a definitely different, but I mean, it's S and S it's kind of hard to beat. So I I don't think, I think you're right. I think either way they're, they're a beautiful, beautiful power plant. And that's really the, what, what separates them from the rest of the motors in my opinion. Yeah, man. And especially with today's prices, it's, it's almost to the point that, however the hell you could get on a knucklehead would be mm-hmm. would be fantastic yeah. but yeah. man i just i think as a as a builder too starting with you know i mean obviously if i had the the dough to get a knuckle and then go through every single piece with you know somebody who was an absolute expert in it like i did the panhead mm-hmm. if i was able to do that that would be great but short of that starting with you know a completely solid block foundation, man, yeah. knowing that, you know, you were going to build that bitch and knucklehead chopper. That, that's just, I envy that a lot. Mm-hmm. I've, I've actually used two of those S and S, uh, knuckles. Now one in, one in the girder bike, which we were just looking at, and then one in the Sandra Lee, um, as well. So I actually, on the same day, cause it was all around the same time. We ordered two of the KN 93s, and the SNS 143. So it was a it was a big motor day that day in the shop. We were pretty excited. <laughs> yeah, that that would be a big uh, be pretty excited about that delivery. So meanwhile, yeah. as Heather brought us to this inventory page, Jesus, do you guys have a lot of motorcycles? We have several. Um, I think I think we're we're shooting to have about like fifty to fifty five bikes in inventory for when spring kind of breaks. Um, and I think we're on target to do that. Um, the bike sales part of the business is, is much newer part of the business model. We always kind of dabbled like anyone in motorcycles. You you buy and sell and flip a few here and there. Um, I'm actually getting caught up in shopping. I'm like, wow, really? Seven grand for that 2008? That ain't... What's but, up with uh, that? <laughs> oh, and this is what I mean. You know, it's, it's, you know, this is the beauty of it because now at any one at any time I can, you know, take any one of those out for a test ride. On yeah. Game, you know, on right on. Ride. That's the so, nice part. Uh, <laughs> well, I think I need to take that one out. There was a small issue with the tire. leak. Uh, yeah. You know, let's, let's make yeah. sure that's tuned up. I got a guy coming in next week to look at it. He so. wanted me to put 500 miles on it before he'd come to look <laughs> at it. So. Right on. <laughs> so one of the pictures that we, uh, that we zoomed by was, was you at the, at the congregation show. Mm-hmm. 
How did uh, how did that come to be? Um, uh, those guys emailed me again. Uh, an email uh, not, that I was like, "Is this for real?" No, they reached <laughs> out to me, and uh, I'm trying to remember what year it was. A couple years, I think it was 2017 or 2018. Now, um, uh, we had built the bike for the for the Lichter show, um, and that was a pretty awesome experience. And then um, those guys contacted us, and there were uh, where is it? It was one of the Carolinas was the show. My memory is not great with these things. I apologize, but um, basically, the the venue is unbelievable. Super awesome venue, unbelievable building, um, and uh, you know, I know that bike. You know, kind of is unique in that it, it's blending a few different styles and, and uh, you know some stuff that might be considered outdated or whatever. But it's um, that bike. I in particular, we I built with my uncle, and it's a memorial. Um, to some family members of us of ours who passed away um, unexpectedly and, and, and sort of tragically a few years ago. So it was that whole project was like a cathartic build that him and I did together. Yeah. Um, so the fact that it got invited to the Lichter show was huge, and then the congregation show, you know, it was just kind of icing on the cake. And those guys are super hospitable down down there to us, and um, we we haul, we hauled it down and stayed for a week and we got like an airbnb and um it was it was pretty cool to see it in that venue space and and uh yeah it's any of the any of those bike shows it's 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 just such a good community yeah. it's I, I don't i mean you you know what i'm talking about i'm not very good with the words but it's uh it's like coming home but you're you know you never met any of those people before sometimes yeah, yeah a lot so, of good camaraderie with with yeah. uh, with the industry yeah, it's amazing. We were just at uh, the um, Central Florida Wheels of Steel back in December, and the room full of guys that were there, I'm not even sure how many of them had ever met before that show, but there was you know, some of the young up-and-coming performance bagger guys, and there was FX, FXR and Dyna guys, and then there were chopper guys and vintage guys, and like they all got in the same room, and man, it was, it was like motorcycles are the, the universal language, you know? Mm-hmm. It just all all of the the borders you would suspect in that room full of guys disappeared in a minute, and they were all just kicking it. Good stuff. What about this? Uh, what about this Indian we got pictures of here? Oh, so that's uh, we nicknamed that one the the Bam Challenger build um, because it's it, it was a collaborative effort between Barnstorm us, um, Audette Motorcycles, our buddy Tony. And moms of Manchester, uh, the moms uh, folks own a few different dealerships in the New England area, yeah. and uh, they reached out to us and and Tony at Audet. Um, Tony, super talented guy. I cannot say enough good things about Audet Motorcycles and Tony. Um, I, he worked for Confederate for a while. Uh, he was in the military before. He worked for uh, Swarovski helicopters. I mean, the dude wow. is a genius, and he's He's amazing with um, CAD and computer drawing and that kind of stuff. So it was like a perfect pairing between us, him, and and moms because they they want you know they wanted us to take the brand new Challenger platform and which I had kind of been aware of ahead of time through some other through through some other friends and I was like real excited about the platform to begin with because we've been doing a lot with with bagger stuff in the last few years and and specifically with trying to you know enhance the performance aspects of touring motorcycles so that they're not just you know quote unquote geezer glides anymore right and that's a like kind of a moving trend right now 
um, which I'm into because it's it's function based. Um, and so we kind of put our heads together and, and kind of came up with some ideas on what to do with that bike to, to that would, you know, maybe open it up a little bit more. And the biggest stumbling point for all of us was the, the cockpit of the, the motorcycle and, and the handlebar options or lack thereof. So we came up with this harebrained idea to completely redesign the dash area of the motorcycle, um, which we, I didn't really know how to do or how we would approach it. But um, we we did and we i think the results are uh pretty good uh, we yeah, had a really good response to it we actually designed like a parts kit around it and we've actually sold 25 of them so far to other people or in shops um but the bike just i think was a really fun project to work with a couple other shops and and try and make something happen with a brand new model um it was it was super fun and, and those guys are great to work with so we're actually talking about doing another project soon here with maybe with the new chief yeah it's a it's a really sharp bike man and and people will say this again and again that when you when you finish a custom motorcycle and it looks like it was made that way yeah that's a that's a hell it's of an accomplishment yeah right oh, thank you that that was kind of the idea was to kind of make it look like it was born that way uh, yeah. and the dash kit i mean we did we were 3d scanning and 3d printing and doing all kinds of stuff that I had never, never personally done. Thanks to, you know, thanks to Tony and some of his contacts. And, uh, we machined and designed a whole, uh, bolt on set of mid controls for that bike that just look again, like the goal was to make them look like they were, you know, factory. So that the whole bike was kind of like, uh, just kind of make it look kind of like OEM plus, if you will, you know, like it, it could have come that way. Like it could be a model from Indian, but it's not. So, I love I love just you know before the show we started doing this going through your pictures, and I love going through your pictures that it's just like you can't make up your mind what the hell you want to do. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Awesome. So Lisa Ballard was on here and says uh, says you're good people. Um, a lot of people you know look good, love the bikes, big family like kids on the playground, love it. Steve Broyles says, but. A lot of fans out there, and uh, we we sure appreciate you coming on. I'm hoping yeah. to see hoping to see more stuff from you that that we can get into the magazine for sure. And you you did forget one person posted. They want to know what happened to your accent. <laughs> like there wasn't like what? you weren't using your A's or. Oh, I'm sorry, Russ Nesbaum. <laughs> he that was one of the first things he threw out. It's like what happened to this kid's accent. You sure he's from there? Well, maybe, maybe like the rest of us, I do. I do my best to try not to talk like I'm from Pittsburgh, and it's it slips out. But Heather does pretty good with with shedding the the Boston when we're out and about. <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's not. It's effortless unless I'm at home. When I'm at home, forget it. Yeah, it's funny when you get around your brothers and sister. Yeah, but seriously, Jake, though, we'd love to do some stuff with you. I know it took forever to get that last bike on our pages, but please keep oh, us no. in the loop of what you're doing because you guys are doing so yeah. much good stuff there. No, I, and I appreciate you guys having me, and I apologize. I know we've tried to, uh, you know, you've, you've invited me in to do a few of the other things um, that just haven't haven't worked out, so I'm, I'm glad I was finally able to come through yeah, with something. Sure. Even uh, even tech man, like I'm looking looking at some of these pictures with you working uh, metal shaping, doing metal shaping and stuff. If you ever want, like we could run up for a weekend with you and and shoot some grease and gears garage stuff and turn it into turn into tech for the magazine. I'd love to do that stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm open to to whatever. Uh, if you got some ideas or specific things you want to see, or I can kind of fill you in on some projects we're doing. Um, 
definitely yeah. appreciate the support you guys have given us over the years and happy to try and return it as much as possible. So well, you guys have been great to the overall you community. Deserve, so. You're doing a lot of good work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, man. Thanks for being on with us. Um, we're going to cut you loose because we've had you on here for a good long time. Jason Holman actually just said should have Jake down for Wheels of Steel as a builder. I'd love to I see that. I think that's an outstanding I'd love idea. to see that. Super, super talented cat. So, yes, yeah, so. well, Thank you very much once again. I appreciate everything. All right, Jake. So um, in addition to barnstormcycles.com, Everybody can go check you, check you out on Instagram. Is there other other places where they can keep an eye on what you're doing next? Um, yeah, Instagram is probably the most uh, up to date because it's it's so quick and easy. Uh, we're on Facebook too. If, I, I don't know honestly, are people still on Facebook? Um, <laughs> yeah, old I don't people. Know. Old people that are um, they're trying to decide if they can still ride rigids are still on Facebook. <laughs> we're, I'm not on like Twitter or TikTok or any of those other. I don't. I literally don't understand any of those things. Um, I, it's amazing to me that I figured out Zoom. So, uh, <laughs> it's, I love just, hearing it. I love I hearing I'm it. I'm getting up there. Well, no, listen, age, man. This is this is the greatest thing. Is we're watching a whole generation start to come up of people who are like, okay, I've had enough technology. <laughs> I want to go into the shop with a That's hammer it. and a tree stump and beats the shit out of something. That's right. Mm-hmm. Build, build bikes like before with an arc motor. I love it. I love hearing it, <laughs> dude. I'm not going back to buzz boxes. I won't do. Oh, it. you well, you haven't quite made it to Megan and Tegan yet. So you just lighten up there. I'm, You're getting I'm, there though. I'm, I'm Megan just fine. I learned aluminum. goddammit. Oh god. Well. Me and Heather had to talk him out of spending three thousand dollars for a welder he doesn't even weld yet. Hey, so listen, I was trying for to Jesus explain. Sake. I was trying to explain to him the difference between having a Miller Dynasty and being able to adjust the the hertz. Yeah, yep. man. Once yep. I saw that, I was like, "Well, I could weld aluminum if I could adjust the frequency." Uh, it does. It does make your welds look significantly oh. better just by changing a dial. Well, like you're not helping me. When you can, when, I, uh, when you can weld beautifully hey, with hey. a cheap welder, he's talking. Then, then you <laughs> spend the money for the big welder. So, so I, 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 my first welder was a Lincoln uh, Precision Tig, but at the time I was working for a gentleman named Danny Bermer at a, at a welding shop, just doing production welding, and um, one of the greatest opportunities I ever had because I got to learn from a, a true expert. Um, but he had a Dynasty 300 with the frequency control. So oh. switching from his shop to my shop, it was like I went from being marginally good to terrible when I'd go back to my <laughs> shop. Um, but eventually I got pretty good with my machine. And I actually now own the same machine I learned on at his shop. I bought it from him a, few, uh, a year or so oh, ago. Right on. And um, so it's kind of like come for a full circle. And now when I switch it on, my welds aren't perfect. I just know I need to practice more. Yeah. <laughs> right on, Jake. Well, listen, thanks again for being on with us, dude. We appreciate the time, and uh, and we look forward to more great stuff from you. Likewise. Thank you very, very much. Thanks, Jake. See you, Jake. All right, so you guys are watching Shop Talk. Like we put this out every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern-ish, 9 p.m., kind of. We're pre- getting pretty close. We're kind of consistent. Um, Remember, sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. We come to you live every week, 50 floors below the street level, through the courtesy of the Dennis Kirk Motorcycle Studio. Uh, lots of sponsors there. We want to thank everybody. When you're looking up in the top corner and you see all those little things flipping by, those are people that are helping us put this show out. Chopper Town, thank you to everybody over there for uh, for taking care of us the way that they do. Um, but everybody, Chop Cult, Fueling, uh, 
drag specialties, on and on and on. I can't say enough about all of our sponsors. Real quick, I'm going to take you guys through a litany of things that you can see us doing in and around Daytona. Um, starting off with the Hardcore Performance Show. We're going to put these all up on Psychosource.com, so if you want actual full information about it, please check it out there. Um, the entire Broken Spoke lineup, Broken Spoke is filled with stuff from start to end of Bike Week. Our custom bike show is happening on Tuesday at the Spoke. Um, on Friday, the Dennis Kirk Garage Build Bike Show. You don't want to miss that. If you are a garage builder, you don't want to just go out to the typical, <clears throat> you know, our show, the Rats Hole, all the big shows where you might be competing against, um, you know, builders from all around the country. You can still compete with builders all around the country. These are all garage guys. So Dennis Kirk puts this on. It's a killer show that they do at, at Sturgis and Daytona. The uh, Pirowitz Paint Show, also happening at the Broken Spoke, um, has become a nice annual tradition at the Spoke. Warren Lane's True Grit. It's one of the ways that we kick off the week and get things going. Um who can forget the reason to go to Daytona in the first place? Willie's Chopper Time <clears throat> happening on Thursday like it always does. And on your way home from Daytona, we're getting involved with a little uh, program that that Fish up at Alleyway is putting on in Jacksonville. Going to be a hell of a time. A whole bunch of us going up there to hang out and party and uh, throw a little show there too. So lots, lots going on in and around Daytona for the Source crew. And um, Rusty Wallace. Yeah. And Kenny. Boogity boogity. What a great show tonight was. I'm so happy. <laughs> yep. Right on. What time does it go live on Friday the 12th? Oh, what? the Dennis Kirk Garage Build Show starts at noon. And we'll be doing, if you guys can't make it to Daytona, if you're you know stuck out of state in another country, in another universe, or if you just wake up and realize you missed it, <laughs> you can check us out through CycleSource, any of our social media, or through the website. We'll be doing live interviews and programs the whole way through the week. Um, you might get sick of us. Yeah, probably will. Maybe. That's why I ma mostly make Heather do that stuff, because it's hard to get tired of looking at her. Aww. Huh? Wasn't that nice? Wow. That was what if he, he wants that welder. <laughs> He he wants that welder, so let's not. That's the not uh, that's the Miller Dynasty. No, no. <laughs> no. All right, man. Well, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep swinging. Just you know, between that mm -hmm. and the hammer, I'm trying to get and anything I can, extra stuff for the shop. Until next week, when we have uh, another ninety to one hundred twenty minutes, all the bullshit we can fit. We'll be coming back, same chopper time. Same chopper channel. Walter, you shush your mouth. <laughs> you shut up, Walter. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. He said it. There we go. <laughs>